Welcome back to The Look and Sound of Leadership, an ongoing series of executive coaching tips designed to help you be perceived in the workplace the way you want to be perceived. I'm Tom Henschel, your executive coach, and today we're talking about the power of PowerPoint. Toward the middle of our coaching engagement, Adrian earned the rare opportunity to present her group's achievements to the CEO's staff meeting. She was understandably nervous and wanted my help polishing her style. I brought my video feedback gear to our session, but we didn't end up using it. The moment she showed me her slides, I felt we had way more important work to do. PowerPoint is just a piece of software. By itself, it's neither good nor bad. But all too often, it blurs rather than clarifies our messages. And it prompts behaviors we would never otherwise display. What follows are eight tips for using PowerPoint more effectively. Each tip comes with this caveat. If your culture has a different standard than what I'm proposing, don't use my suggestion. Stay within your company's norm. All right, here's tip number one. Create visual themes and cues. PowerPoint is a visual medium. At its most effective, it gives us a visual picture of how groups of information relate to each other. It was not intended to generate pages of a book to be read. Let's imagine you're discussing the status of a customer service initiative. The initiative has three major milestones, call center expansion, development of support material, and training. Use PowerPoint to create a visual palette that we can follow for each of the four elements, the initiative itself plus the three milestones. Each one gets its own color, and then keep the colors consistent throughout your presentation. If the call center expansion gets a yellow box when it's first introduced, well then every subsequent slide about the expansion should be branded with yellow, perhaps a yellow banner across the top with the words call center expansion, or perhaps every slide has three tabs, one for each milestone in its own color. But when you're showing slides about the call center, only the call center tab is in yellow. The others are grayed out. Creating the visual themes isn't really all that difficult, but being consistent requires a lot of discipline. If you can do it, the resulting visual roadmap is a great use of PowerPoint strengths. It's the visual equivalent of the sorting and labeling tool that I discussed in a podcast that was originally broadcast back in August 2009. By the way, if you'd like to see a sample of how this branding might look, there's an illustration embedded in the online version of the tip. You can see it at our website. I'll, I'll give you that information at the end of the podcast. Okay, here's tip number two. Create readable slides. At one point, when Adrian advanced her slide, my head jerked back as if someone had taken a swing at me. What made me flinch was a slide that had so much content jammed into it that it felt like a visual assault. Now, if you print out your slide deck and distribute it to everyone in the room, the idea of readable slides isn't so important. People can decipher eight-point font on a piece of paper that they're holding. But if you project your slides, you have to make sure they're readable from a distance. Here's the easiest test. After you've created a slide on your computer, get out of your chair, take three steps back, and look at the slide from a distance. 
If you can still read the text, great. Your slide's going to be readable on the screen. But if any of the text looks like a black line of centipedes crawling across the screen, your audience is never going to be able to decipher it. You're not doing yourself any favors jamming more content onto one slide. I often joke, hey, split your content onto another slide. It's free. Here's number three. Be stylistically consistent. From slide to slide, be visually consistent. If the headline on your very first slide is in title case, each word capitalized, every subsequent headline should be in title case. Don't suddenly switch in one slide to sentence case. Or, if you use a sans-serif font for your text, use the same sans-serif font throughout your slides, unless there's a stylistic reason for changing. Or, if you have one chart where the labels are 36-point font, every label on every chart should be 36-point. If a later chart will only accommodate 28-point font, well, then all the charts from start to finish should have 28-point font. Visual consistency gives your presentation polish. Number four, write bullet points, not sentences. I wanted Adrian to shine when she was in front of the CEO and his staff. I wanted them to focus on her, not her slides. One major argument I have against PowerPoint is that all too often it takes the focus away from you and puts it on a lifeless tool that's supposed to be a visual aid. PowerPoint should no more be the focus of a presentation than an extra should be featured over the star of a movie. Bullet points allow your audience to scan the words and tune back into you as soon as possible. On the other hand, grammatically correct English sentences require your listeners to stop listening and read. Eliminate as many words as you can while still being accurate. Number five, reflect the words on the screen without reading. Now, obviously, you're not going to speak in bullet points. You're going to speak in grammatically correct sentences. But you should speak keywords from your bullet points. Speaking some of the same words as your bullet points helps us know where you are. Now, should you read your slides? Absolutely not. Unless there's a quotation on the screen that has to be spoken accurately, I hope that you are never going to read your slides to us, ever. However, speaking keywords from the bullet points helps us stay oriented, and it allows us to follow the points you're making. Number six, talk to us, not the screen. If you weren't using PowerPoint, would you ever turn your back on us while you're talking? Of course not. Why would you do this just because you're projecting images on a screen? Keep your eyes on us when you're talking. Number seven, introduce each slide in silence. Imagine for a minute that you're watching a presenter. As she explains a really interesting idea, she advances her slide. A new image hits the screen. Now, where do your eyes go? To the screen, right? And what do you do next? Most likely, you begin to read the new slide, right? Now, it doesn't matter that she was explaining an interesting idea. You automatically shift from listening to reading. Here's the problem. Our brains don't 
multitask. That's a myth. They only do one thing at a time. So if you are reading her slide, you are not physiologically able to listen to her. By its very nature, PowerPoint repeatedly puts presenters in situations where they are speaking, but the audience is unable to listen. This is PowerPoint at its worst. I suggest that every time you hit advance, pause. Your audience can't listen to you anyway. Take a moment, scan your content, get your thoughts together, and then begin speaking. After that brief pause, your listeners will have captured the major messages on your slide, and they're going to be able to shift their brains back from reading mode to listening mode. One benefit to you, this slower style projects a sense of confidence and composure that feels very mature. Okay, here's the last one. Number eight, B is for black. One complaint that I have about PowerPoint is that it diminishes us as presenters. Screens are put at the center of the room, and we get pushed off to the side. Lighting often gets dimmed, accentuating the screen while we get left in shadows. But I contend that no one ever approved an initiative because of a slide. People give approval because of a powerful presentation made by a powerful presenter. We need to stop being pushed aside by PowerPoint and step back into the center of the room where we belong so that we can create dynamic connections with our listeners. But how can we do that when the screen is blazing with thousands of lumens and we're forced off to the side? Now, I certainly don't advocate stepping into the projected image. Avoid that at all costs, unless you enjoy looking like you've been transported back to a 1970s discotheque. What I do advocate is using the B key. When PowerPoint is in slideshow mode, when you touch your B key on your computer, PowerPoint will go black. At that point, you can step in front of the now blackened screen and into the center of the room where you belong. Using the B key is a wonderful visual relief when a slide's going to be up for three or six or ten minutes at a time. There is no image that is so compelling it should statically burn on the screen behind you for endless minutes. You can bring your slide back by touching B again, or you could simply hit advance and the next slide will come up. It overrides the B function. By the way, if you hit the W key, you'll get a blank white screen. It's just right for those boardroom moments that call for hand shadows or stick puppetry. After working on these tips and other tips, Adrian rebuilt her entire slide deck. She rehearsed transitioning in silence from one slide to another. That was a behavior she found particularly challenging. When she presented to the CEO and his staff, her boss was in the room. The feedback she got was that she had definitely displayed the look and sound of leadership. If the idea of becoming a more compelling presenter is of interest to you, four other podcasts you might listen to are Keeping Repeated Material Fresh, The Power of Rehearsal, What Compelling Speakers Share, and the one that I mentioned earlier, Sorting and Labeling. Those podcasts, and more than 80 others, can be found on the Essential Communications website, essentialcom.com. That's essential, 
com with two m's dot com. From our homepage, click the navigation button marked "Coaching Tips." That will take you to an archive of all the podcasts. When you're there, you can search the archive by categories that interest you. And one category is presentation skills. There are more than 25 tips in that category that will help you develop your skills. Every tip on the website can also be downloaded as PDFs to save for yourself or to forward to others. Our podcasts are also available through iTunes. Just search for the look and sound of leadership. Until next time, I'm Tom Henschel. Thanks so much for listening.